to Dignity Leadership Podcast. We are so glad you have joined us here. I'm Rich Levine, Chief Dignity Officer. And I'm Brooke Coleman, Chief Inspiration Officer. I practice leadership using my Master's of Science degree in Leadership and Change and a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Sociology. I have examined how people try to work better together my entire career. And I practice leadership using an industrial organizational psychology degree with a focus on organizational behavior. A background in areas of sales, education, and management have allowed me to study and work with people at many different levels. In this podcast series, we want to expose the lessons we have learned through work and through life experiences with the intent to encourage more people to learn, grow, and become better leaders. Together, we can create a world of dignity. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. Happy New Year. So this is season two. So we've got a one year anniversary of Dignity Leadership Live podcast. That's awesome. And if we go back and rewind the clock, um, we've got Brooke as a co-host and she was on, you made your debut, I believe it was episode three. Episode three, yeah. So it was February of 2021. Okay. And now you're you're in studio with me as a co-host. So that welcome. Is so awesome. Thank you so much for having me here, Rich. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> so we've got all of our New Year's resolutions underway. Everybody's trying to work on those. 2022 goals are going, 2022 action plans. So hopefully what you can do is you can use our past podcasts as part of that to create some of those resolutions, goals, action plans. If you need help, obviously you know how to get a hold of us. We're gonna go through it at the end of the show. But reach out to us, send us a, a, a DM. And then new for 2022 we're going to kind of change up the structure of the show and instead of us just talking 30 minutes with one guest what we're going to do is we're going to do a little introduction so right now we got the introduction it's brooke and i it's rolling yeah and then today we're going to start off we'll do a 30 minute segment where we actually interview expert guests so today my guest is brooke coleman and brooke's going to interview me so we're going to be our own guest just because it's a new year um, we're changing things up. We got to get this. We're going to get everybody into rhythm on how things go. And then at the end of the show, we'll do a 15 minute wind down and we're going to go through um, what my personal why statement is learn, grow, lead and create a world of dignity. And what we'll do is we're going to go around the room. We're going to bring Kevin E, the monster millennial into the show and ask him, you know, what has he learned? We're going to talk about how we can use this and how we can grow from it. So this year we're going to have a little different dynamic. We're still going to bring those experts on. We've got a great lineup for the year. Um, we've already got a couple of, of guests that we've set up for some upcoming shows. Um, one of them is about me, um, how to do better meetings. We're bringing a middle management expert on. And then, of course, we've got another one lined up that's going to be on listening. So we're going to have a great, fun year full of growth. Yes, we are. And I'm very excited about it. I would like to just point out before we start, uh, can everyone see my hat? <laughs> and swag my yeah and my awesome t-shirt here we are representing dignity leadership super excited for this new year and everything that's to come and i i think this new format's going to be awesome honestly so starting out being able to just kind of introduce what we're talking about and and think through it just a little bit before we go in just dive into the topic with our with our guest and then at the end coming back around and really taking the tidbits that we have 
heard and listened to in that episode. And hopefully you will also walk away, you know, with maybe, you know, you'll hear what we've learned and you're like, yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. There might be something totally different. And if that's the case, drop it in the chat. Tell us what you've learned. Tell us everything that you're seeing and hearing in these things, because we all grow together. We learn as, as a group, you know, you can only learn so much on your own. You need others around to help you grow more. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know if you need more information on something, let us know. We'll be happy to cover it. Um, you can you know send us all kinds of we're on every social media platform so just go on your favorite <laughs> platform and find us wherever you're following us and send us a uh, a DM an IM an email whatever you want to call it the only thing I don't think we answer very well sna- mm. is uh, snail mail because I, I mean I've never given out our address to our to our home office so we'll just leave that one alone so go go with the digital era right yeah. but what I kind of want to talk about in this little introduction is let's have a conversation about how you and I got here okay right so. I met you um, in the Masters of Leadership program at St. Ed's. And we both, I think you and I have a lot of things in common, kind of like our vision, our goals. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is obviously no two people are alike. And you and I are probably as different as they come. (laughs) So what what kind of uh, brings us together is that vision to help people become better leaders, to help them grow. And your vision on how you go about it and my vision, how I go about it are totally different. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is which is cool. So now we bring in a different yeah. dynamic. When I was doing it by myself, right? Everybody got one perspective. Yeah. It was my perspective. Right. So now we've got at least two perspectives. Mm-hmm. And then with our training, we've also got the understanding of you know how to bring in other perspectives. I know how to bring in other perspectives. And a lot of times we'll sit down. Well, you and I will have a conversation. Yeah. And sometimes it gets a little awkward just among just with you and I when we're talking back and forth about you know, what you heard and what I heard. Yes. And it's like, yes. we were both sitting there at the same table <laughs> having the same conversation, but how did we hear different things? And that's what's cool about human nature and leadership and being able to, you know, take in that information and, and dissect it and then regurgitate it and then learn from it. Mm-hmm. So we have these different conversations. But going back to where you and I started, so we, went, we were going through, um, through the master's program and then you were a guest on the show um, and then lo and behold, the next thing you know, we're both um, twiddling our thumbs at home. And That's it's like, right. Unemployed we... for a little bit. <laughs> together. Unemployed. Yes, unemployed <laughs> together. So here we are out. So for anybody in the audience that doesn't know any of the listeners, I am doing Dignity Leadership 100% full-time now. This is not a side gig anymore. Um, I'm not just doing it for S's and G's and fun. I am having fun doing it. Um, this is my passion. It's what I want to do. But you and I started having a conversation. I don't even remember when it was, and it was somewhere. It was late su- or late spring, early summer, and you came up and and you're like, "I want to help you," and I was like, blown away. Yeah, well, you were sharing your vision, and this is what's so cool about. It. I've watched your vision right for the past year. Um, watch you put together something. You you built something out of all the tools. I feel like your toolbox was already there before you started your master's degree. And you just continued adding tools to that toolbox and honing, honing these areas that you wanted to improve on and just learn. I mean, areas that you'll say it, you'll say, you know, I didn't even know this, or I, I needed to learn in this area, or I needed to experience this. And now I'm a completely different person. So I watched those things happen. And watch you become so passionate about your your mission, um, which you will go into more in a minute, but just creating that world of dignity. And it's so cool to hear you explain it and your why. And um, so watching you do that, and then watching you have this idea for a podcast, 
um, and get so excited about it. Honestly, excitement breeds excitement. That's the cool thing about it. So here you are telling me all about it, excited, and then beyond it. And I kept on thinking, man, I love this idea and I love what it can become, right? So we start talking about training. Then we start just dreaming, right? Well, let's let's consider this and let's look at what it really could be. And then we just stop and we're like, we've got all the tools we need. We yes. are ready for this. So let's jump in. And then and then you talk about learning and growing, right? We've made some mistakes along the way. Oh, we've done yeah. some things like, oh <laughs> crap, that was just that was just horrible. But one of the things you mentioned that I want to go back to is you said toolbox. And I love that analogy because I did always have those tools at my disposal. Problem was I didn't know how to use them. Mm. And so going through this journey has helped bring that out of me and learn how to use the tools. Everybody has people skills in them. Um, and we've talked about this breaking down the personalities and I'm task oriented all the way through. But I have people skills in me. And then one of my downfalls though is, is I get too passionate. And you've, you've called me out on this, like, Rich, you're getting a little, uh, you're getting a little too overboard here. You need to <laughs> calm down the passion because I, I will, my red dominance will come out and I just want to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. You're like, whoa, back off. And then you've got the yellow side, which brings all the in energy in your title. So you created your title. That, that title, was so fun. Yes. I love it. And yes. if anybody didn't catch it earlier, um, your title is Chief Inspiration Officer. Chief Inspiration Officer. And if you followed us long enough, you know that inspiration is on the yellow spectrum, which is on the I. Yes. Yeah. So it all fits in. You're definitely, you are, you are the epitome of a yellow. <laughs> I'm a people person. I'm an extrovert. I want everyone to have fun and, and just feel the joy and be encouraged and be a cheerleader. And I can easily get distracted. All the above. Yes, yes. And I like to stay on task. Yes. And I'll call you out on that. That's so we, right. So I you know. and I have learned how to work together, which is interesting because you and I were, so you go through the journey and we met through the, through the program and you know, it's very structured and you got to do this. And you and I were on some projects together. We worked well together. We were doing these things. And then we developed a friendship and we were doing things outside where your family, my family, we're all together. Mm -hmm. We bring in your friends in, my friends in, and we're mixing it all in. We're having a blast. Yeah. And then we have this aha moment. Let's work together. It's like the first thing that went through my mind, I was excited. I'll be honest with you. I was very excited. And then the other side of me was like, oh snap. What if something goes south? But I think you and I taking our leadership skills that we've learned and have been working on, we can have those difficult conversations with each other yeah. and we can get by, we can move on. You know, I think there's something to that learning. Um, once you hone some of those skills, it is crucial to understand that there has to be a level of respect and that you can respectfully disagree sometimes. You can reach a point where you're realizing, you know, we're here, but we might diverge a little bit and that's still okay. I actually think that is crucial in our world today. You know, I, we're seeing so much change and change happens so much faster than it used to. Um, the world we used to know is, is not going to be the world we're moving into and we need to be okay with differences we need to be okay with and we need to learn from each other's differences and that's the coolest part about this i do love that i want to be challenged i want to grow you don't grow when everything around you is just like you you need something to pull life, that out you life know? would be boring if we we're all the same <laughs> yes it would yeah. be yeah i need i need somebody to temper my excitement yeah. sometimes so Come speaking on. of the growth mm -hmm. you know right now it's january 2022 if you're listening to this on schedule you might be listening to it later right because sure. it's recorded it's out there in, in the universe 
But you know, so let's talk about New Year's resolutions for for a second mm-hmm. and tie it into growth. So if you have or have not made a New Year's resolution, it's never too late to start to set a goal, figure out what you want to do. And what we want to do with our podcast, and, and you can use this, you know, we're going to do an episode every month like we did last year. So we're going to have one a month and you can go along with us on a journey. We're going to cover a different topic each month. This uh, January might be a little exception, but we're going to get into February, March, April, so on and cover a different topic, cover different skills about leadership. You can use our podcast to bring you along and you're going to get 30 days to listen to us and then to try to understand what we're talking about and then go put it into place, into practice. And then you start learning and growing and you're going to make mistakes, right? And then you take those mistakes you learn and you go back and you practice again. And before you know it, you're going to become a better leader. So that's our whole, that's, I mean, that's kind of our goal. So if we can help anybody, and here's the other thing too. So we're laying this out once a month, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even remember the crazy stat. Usually I've got everything memorized and I'm like, bam, 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 here's the stat. But there's an obnoxious number. It's like only 8% of the people that actually make a New Year's resolution follow through with it. Yeah. It's ridiculously low. But setting goals and growing, right? So you got to become better. We're not expecting you to come better overnight, just a little bit every single day. And then you've got an action plan. So there's your action plan. There's your goal. We want to help you become a better leader. Your action plan is join us once a month. And then you also can follow us on social media. We'll put all kinds of tidbits out there on a regular basis. And I would say don't beat yourself up if if uh, you fall off the wagon. Because I think that's honestly what happens a lot with these resolutions, right? It has to be all or nothing. And let's be serious. Life is not linear. It is, it's up and down and, and you have you have bumps in the road. So take that into account, even, I mean, especially with your leadership and you're growing, right? You don't grow by just doing everything right the first time. You grow because you've learned something new. You've had a setback. You've had to reevaluate. That's why we're here. That's what we've learned and we continue to learn. And we want to bring you on this journey with us. So life is about decisions and mm-hmm. choices. And if we go back, I launched Dignity Leadership as a side hustle in February of 2020. March 2020 <laughs> came the pandemic. Yes. COVID. Now, I could have made a decision and said, you know what? Look, I'm going to shut it down. But instead, what did I do? Um, I challenged myself to start reading more books. I finished my master's degree. And then I had this harebrained idea to start a podcast. And we started recording podcasts and putting them out there. But what I'm saying is anybody could have chose to give up. I could have chose to sit on the couch and eating potato chips, drinking beer, watching TV. Instead, I did just the opposite. I threw away the potato chips. I turned off the TV. I started reading books. I started exercising more and doing different things. And my point to your comment is mm-hmm. it's never too late. You've always got the next time. And it's not about, there is no failure. There's only an opportunity for learning, right? So take that and jump back in and get back up. We're not here to judge you. We're here to help you. We're here to get you to that next step and help you grow. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, so let's start diving in to what we're going to talk about. And today, this is going to be a little different show because you and I are going to interview each other. Mm Kind of like we always do Mm -hmm. with our guests. With our guests. So you ready for this? Hmm. Let's go. Let's roll. So the the very first question I ask every guest, so now we are going to ask this because you're now part of the show, Mm -hmm. but in the past it was me and I was the host and I had to ask the questions. So what's your definition of leadership? 
My definition of leadership starts with one statement, a world where people matter. Why? At the end of the day, for me, it's about the people we interact with and it's the way we treat others around us and what we give and what we're given in return. Um, and I, I, I truly believe that starts with our leadership style. I can only, I'm passionate about giving the best of me to those around me. I'm passionate about cheerleading and inspiring others and bringing out the best in them. When I, What I've learned through that is when I am pouring into others, I actually am learning so much about myself. I'm growing. Um, you know, people do it differently, but for me, it's that interaction with others. Um, I'm an extrovert to begin with. Um, I am multicultural. I grew up in South America, but I am American. Um, and so I have all these different facets to who to who I am and my identity and all those. And when I look around it, culture is such um, a huge part of, of my identity and identifying culture and respecting culture and learning from it. And at the end of the day, that comes down to the people. And so a world where people matter means that a world will be better because of the people in it. So you're kind of stealing my why statement. Uh-oh. And which is fine. It's great. That's why I put it out there is for people to share. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. creating a world of dignity. And going through my um, master's program, and I was doing a research paper, and I stumbled across um, Donna Hicks, mm -hmm. who got her PhD from Harvard, I believe. And one of the things she was, dignity is where I got it was, was from her. And she said that the one common denominator in the entire world regardless of where you live, your your race, ethnical background, all those other things, um, religion, whatever, is people just want to be treated fairly and and as they matter. Yeah. And once you do that, then you start getting the best out of other people. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it boils down to me. I like that, yeah. So for me, my definite leadership is helping bring the best out of other people mm -hmm. that other people become the best version of themselves and if i do that then i feel like i've created some piece of dignity and people always ask me you know they're like how are you going to create a world of dignity well here's the answer i've had people tell me it's impossible and they're probably right but i'm gonna die trying yep. i'm gonna do it just like i would eat a cookie just like i'd eat a pizza just like i'd eat an elephant it's one bite at a time so if i can work with one person and influence them and then that person can go influence another one now i've got two and i can influence another one and they can go influence now we're up to six and we keep that pattern going yes there's billions of people on earth i'm gonna die trying and you know what it's i love what you just said there because it's one person at a time but it's one moment at a time and when somebody can come back to you and say do you remember this moment because that changed something or i now do this because of x y and z that's what it's about. It's one moment at a time, one person at a time. Yeah, it can change can happen. Change doesn't happen overnight. You and I learned that in grad school. It never happens. Change, change. Is, change is an event. I change my clothes. It's an event, right? That's not a process. Uh, change is not an event. Change is always a process. How so? Well, it takes multiple events to create it, right? Yes, absolutely. No, it does. I just got to gotta bust your chops a little bit. Because we've talked about some of that in the other show. We probably need to bring a change expert on oh, yeah. and do a whole show just on how to lead change. I mean, oh. you and I could cover it, but... Um, we it's always, always more fun when we have somebody else, right? Well, you get that other perspective, and yeah. it's always better having a smarter person in the room than us, Absolutely. Right? Agreed. Yeah. Exactly. So let's step back from 
work right? okay. and kind of back away from that. So what's your purpose in life? Ooh, okay. We're digging deep here, huh? We are digging deep, really deep. What is my purpose in life? I got you thinking. Yeah, you did. I mean, you know, it kind of, it, it, it fits in with my definition of leadership too, though, because it's just such a huge part of, of my future, I think. And it ties into my title, you know, yes. what I, absolutely. it's just to create, inspire those around me yes. to walk away knowing that other people are better because they've seen something in themselves. I think I'm always wanting people to know that they they're they're here for a reason. They have purpose and they have meaning. And when I know I have just shared a moment with someone and listened to them for five minutes and I can say, you know, I see this in you, I walk away better as well because I'm appreciating everything around me. And that that is very purposeful for me. So hmm. yeah, that does definitely and I I figured that's where you're gonna go with that is it's towards the leadership side. Sure. Because now you're doing what you're passionate about. Sure. And when you're passionate and you love what you're doing, it's no longer a job. At least that's what everybody tells me. And I don't feel like I have a job anymore. Right. Um, matter of fact, you and I were at the hotel last night, you know, um, you know, having a couple drinks at the bar with some friends. And we saw this convention going on. <laughs> and I made the comments to you. And I'm like, I just put my hands on my face. I'm like, I am so happy that I'm not stuck in that where I've got to represent a corporation represent what they're doing, have to hit, you know, you gotta be social and have X number of drinks so that people know you care, but you can't have too much because then you're intoxicated and you're drunk and then HR is gonna come. I love not living in that world. I love just being me and having the confidence to walk up and do whatever I want. If I want a drink, I'm gonna get a drink. If I don't want a drink, I'm not gonna get a drink. And you know what? I don't have a handbook. No one's gonna go back and tell me. So I'm living my best life right now. And I'll, from day one, of being a you know a child and dreaming about what I want to do when I grow up, it wasn't this. What was it? I wanted to be a fireman or a, or a um, construction worker. I had my mom's brother, so uh, a maternal uncle was the chief of the fire department, volunteer fire department, hmm. um, and then my dad's brother, so a paternal uncle uh, or fraternal uncle, was a um, contractor. He built houses, and they were both fantastic what they did and mm. they both and part of it is um you and i went through the class um the the second class it was on the critical thinking and, and yes. doing those different skills and mm -hmm. we went through that life of it which is where i discovered my why statement mm -hmm. yep um me too to learn to grow and create a world of dignity mm -hmm. and and to lead obviously that's in there i forgot that one but we went through you know we had to identify people that in, that were influential in our life mm -hmm. both of those uncles are on that list Really? Yes, they were both on there. One from my mom's side, one from my dad's side. And of course, my, my mom and dad were on there. So you talked earlier about you know being raised in um, South America. Mm -hmm. Well, I was raised in Iowa. I think it's, I think that's a foreign country. But no, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I've never been there. I can't wait. Need, um, but I need a passport. It's, huh? it's flat and your, uh, your corn rows pop up in rows. Your know, corn pops up in rows, like Tim McGraw said. Tim McGraw, yeah. Yes. I love but anyway, that. You know, so those, those people were very influential mm. in, in my bringing and they mm -hmm. taught me you know um my uncle that was the fire chief was i mean he was like the family clown i mean he had everybody laughing in stitches but yet he had this side of him that when it came time to go do a you know put out a fire go to a fire call he was all business 
So he taught me that dynamic. He taught me a lot about about character. Mm -hmm. And then my uncle on the other side that built houses, um, he took me under his wing and he he taught me how to build houses, but he taught me more than that. Mm -hmm. He taught me how to how to relate with people and how to treat people. I mean, everybody loved working for my uncle. Mm -hmm. And he was a very soft spoken. So if we look at the different spectrums of the rainbow uh, of the discolors, right? Blue, reds, Mm -hmm. yellows and greens. He's a green. Mm-hmm. But everybody loved him, mm-hmm. and they'd always go to him. He's very soft-spoken. He had more patience than any. I thought my dad had a lot of patience. My uncle had a lot more patience. Hmm. I wanted to be a performer when I was like younger. When I think about passion, but and I can tell you to this day, I I haven't performed in a long time. I grew up singing quite a bit and in theater and stuff like that. But what it was was engaging with the audience. I mean, and and it was this interesting thing that I realized I could do that didn't come naturally to to other people as well. But I could um, look in the audience and and lock eyes with people. And every time I did it, it actually improved my performance, my engagement, because I was, I mean, I was there to, you know, engage with those around me. And um, the feedback was always, wow, that was different than I've experienced that before. Or, you know, and, and that's when I think I started realizing, you know, there, there are all sorts of ways to engage with people, but that was a big one for me too. Um, and I hear what you're saying about greens though, because some of my favorite people out there um, are, the, are the patient, quiet comforters is what I would say. Always invested in what they do and they do it really well, but people always walk away feeling like they're the most important person to that to, to that individual you know there's something about them they make everyone feel special and important yeah yeah well you've met my son ryan mm-hmm. and he is the epitome of a green and he's got that he's got this personality that nothing seems to rile him up a lot of people go to him and he's just even keeled calm soothing and he at the questions that he asks are just so powerful it's like it just makes you want to like Dang, yep. you're really my kid. How does it, is this really possible? <laughs> so he's awesome. He's yep. out there listening right now, so he's probably going to be embarrassed because he's a green. And I brought him up on the show, and now thousands <laughs> of people are going to know. But he's an awesome guy, and and he probably gets those kudos. So the next question I have for you, then, Brooke, is we just talked about what's your purpose in life. What motivates you? Mm, doing better. My motivation is improving myself all the time. It's, it's, and honestly, it's leading others too. I will say to to your point about, you know, leading, it's no longer work or a job. It's not. I love, I love working with people. I love engaging with people. I don't, I don't like doing things solely on my own. There are people that love to do things on their own. That is not me. That is not me. Uh, yeah. No, you're, (laughs) you definitely, you walk into the room, you're yellow sunshine. Here I am. What motivates you? Honestly, it's it's helping other people. I just want to see people be successful. That's where I get my pride, um, and just being able to see people grow. Mm-hmm. And I think if I see people grow, then I know that they're they're trying, they're putting an effort forth, and that's what that's what I love to see. And it doesn't have to be a lot of growth; just a little bit of growth. Sure. Yeah, and, and you know you've touched on it a couple times, and it's just um, you said you want to become better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reinterpret that. That's growth. Right? Yes. You don't want to be the same version of who you were yesterday. You want to be a better version today. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what motivates me. I'm just trying to help people mm-hmm. become a better version of themselves. 
and we're doing it through you and I are doing this through leadership coaching or management coaching or call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just how we, we look at life and how we're helping people. And I don't know about you, but I, I've been, you know, my wife and I have a pretty strong relationship and I'll tell her all the stuff, you know, we go through and usually she's listening to the podcast and she's part of it and all these other different things. And then what drives me crazy is when she calls me out on exactly what I'm teaching, I'm like, oh. which is proof that I'm human, yeah. right? I'm not perfect and I'm still learning and I'm still making, oh, yeah. I'm still making mistakes. And that's part of leadership. And as a leader, if you think you know it all, then you're probably really not in leadership. Exactly. You're probably in dictatorship. And we don't even want to go to that because that's not what our show is about. No. Yeah. You're not really leading or leading effectively, right? You might think you're leading and maybe, you know, you've got the top honcho title or CEO or label, but yeah, you're not leading effectively. So here's yeah. a new question. Okay. What inspires you? Ooh, I'm going to go back to the same thing and it's, it's seeing the growth because mm-hmm. then when I see the growth, then I want to keep going back. Because what happens is when I see that I've inspired somebody, mm-hmm. means I've given them hope. Mm-hmm. And if I've given them hope, then they're going to come back for more. And then that's an opportunity for me to build trust with them. Mm-hmm. And now if, I have, if I've inspired them and I've built trust up with them, they're going to help me get what I want. Mm-hmm. But in turn, I have to help them. So my inspiration is, is honestly seeing people grow. I like that. I'd say um, to that point, inspiration and hope kind of – combine with each other and when i think about one when i think about inspiration it's what gives me hope and what gives me hope is that there's always room to improve so it kind of goes back to that growth as well right like it's never over until the very very end and for me that'll be when i'm in my grave you know the day before i still have an opportunity to change to improve and a lot of that comes by actually having to admit when I've done something wrong or when I've been not kind, you know, or when, yeah, I've had a setback and I have to acknowledge it because if I don't, I can't move forward. I I truly need to, I need to humble myself just a little bit in order to look at it and to move forward and take a new step, a, a new piece that, you know, take another bite out of that elephant. But if I haven't chewed the other one up because I'm so stuck on it, you know, I can't grow. And, and, you hit an aha moment for me and I found it easier. And part of my growing up was I would hang on to things for way too long Mm -hmm. and just dwell on them. I didn't do it right. I didn't do it right. I got to be better. I got to be better. Well, as soon as I learned how to move on from a mistake, okay, I made a mistake. What can I do differently next time? And then start growing from it. But as soon as I put that behind me, I was, it, it took my learning and my growth and it accelerated it. So I wasn't stuck in the past anymore. Right? So I have, you know, I, I'm from the automotive industry before I started getting into leadership. And one of the things I look at is there's this big giant windshield, right? And there's a little tiny rear view mirror. The windshield is so you can see what's in front of you. You can see the future. The rear view mirror is tiny. So you can see what's been behind you for safety, hmm. not to dwell on, not to look at. Could you imagine if we drove down the road and people do this, right? They're like, oh, yesterday was so bad. I can't ever get over it. Quit looking in the rear view mirror. It's a tiny little thing on the front of your car. Look at the windshield. Look at the opportunity. Look where the road's going. Yeah, there might be potholes in it. Yeah, the road might be closed, but it doesn't mean it's the end of our journey, right? And we get to turn around, we get to move on, and we go somewhere else. And that's what I've done, yeah. you know, being out on the unemployment lines and then starting my deal. Yeah, that's so powerful. That's super powerful. 
And as you're saying that, I'm curious what you think. Um, so if I asked any of your friends or family right now, um, one thing um, that you do really, really well, what do you think they would say? They're all going to say the same thing. Hmm. I'm a fixer. Okay. They want me to fix it. My kids bring me broken toys. Oh, they did when they were little. Broken mm-hmm. toys. Um, and it didn't matter what kind of toy it was. They just saw that I had an ability to fix it. Even if I didn't know how to fix it, they knew I'd find a way to fix it. Whether it was replace it, um, repair it, re- do something different. But whatever that was, was I was a fixer. And that's, it's, also, it's a strength of mine, but it's also a weakness. Because I'll run into people, and my wife, bless her heart, would always say, I'm not broken. Quit trying to fix me. Okay, because I was looking for something different out of her than what she was looking for. And now that I've gone through this leadership stuff and I've come up to an understanding of what my behaviors and motivations are versus what hers are, now I don't have to fix her. I understand her. Mm -hmm. But that's where my passion is. And it's where I kind of get into trouble sometimes with leadership coaching, right? I'll see somebody who has potential and I want to keep pushing them and I want to keep fixing them because I want them to be better, better and better. And they might already be happy with where, where their progress is. Yeah. I want to see continued growth, but they might be, hey, you got me unstuck from a rut. Mm-hmm. I'm running now. Leave me alone. Yeah, there's different uh, levels of acceleration, right? Like the driving. <laughs> uh, yeah, how, how, <laughs> how heavy is that lead foot on the gas pedal? Because <laughs> I'm with you. I'm a driver. Like, let's keep on going. But yeah, you have to know, you have to know who's around you. And you have to respect and honor that, right? Yeah. 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 So sometimes that's the hardest thing for me is I get somebody and my son, my youngest son will call me out all the time. Dad, you've already helped me. I'm mm-hmm. done. Just leave me alone. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, yes, yes, you're going. And I'm trying to get him on to like oh, yeah. seeing way ahead. So yeah, for me, it's, it's fixing. So what, did, what would your family say you're really good at? I would say it's motivating and cheering others on. It's this like raw, you know, I come in strong. They would say that as well. Woo, you, you're, you're a ball of energy. One of my nicknames for my grandfather was Spitfire. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there but you you're go. Not, but you're not, well, you got a lot of red in you. But I do have uh, a lot of red in me. And I think that's just, it was the intensity with the, with the excitement. You know, it was both. Um, so dominance and the excitement. But truly, I want to see other people succeed. I mean, in every way. And so I am encouraged. I, I, you know, I want to speak into that and really just have them walk away feeling so much better. And I'll get feedback all the time like, man, that meant so much. On the other side, to your point is, I do that sometimes to my detriment where I can build everyone up, but I kind of need some of that myself. And um, I will almost like drain the well, you know? And and I need, so self-care on my end has been this learning experience because I will, I will pour out into others quite literally often, but, um, until the point of complete exhaustion, right? And yeah. so how do you learn to continue to encourage and to cheer others on? But remember, you're your you're most important asset. That has been a lifelong journey for me to really recognize my worth in the midst of everything and that I need to be cheering myself on first to be able to continuing and to feed into others. So Yeah, yep. So what, there was, you just struck a, a nerve or a chord hmm. in my brain and you're talking about living. Um, and I saw a meme not too long ago and said, whoever said you only live once is wrong. Mm-hmm. You only die once. You live every day. Ooh. Which I thought was pretty powerful because now is. you're you're flipping the script, right? You're going the other way. So it's like looking and living and, 
and moving on every single day. So now here's the next question I've got for you. Okay. What's one thing that your friends or family that you would want to have them know more about you? Like one thing, I just wish they understood this piece about me better. That I don't have it all together. <laughs> I knew that was coming because you and I have had conversations yeah. like this. And, and which is to the point where nobody's perfect, right? No. No matter how hard, it's like, don't judge a book by its cover. Right. Don't ever, you'll always be kind to somebody because you never know what battles they're fighting. Mm-hmm. And you and I have had some, you and I had some really deep discussions <laughs> that we're not going to get into in this podcast about where we've been in our li- on life's journey. Yeah. 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 You know, I... <laughs> You know, the, the saying, and people say, like, we wear masks. And I think everyone does to a certain degree, right? We, depending on the environment we're walking into, or it might be work-related, it might be family, it might be this huge holiday event, you know? And so you're walking in and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to keep it all together because everyone, you know, thinks X, Y, and Z. I, for a long time, I was so critical of others for, you know, wearing these masks, you know, or not being their real selves. And then I had to have that, like, come to Jesus moment with myself, like, hmm, other people think you have it together all the time. Like, you walk into a room, and so that's the feedback that I'll get, like, wow, it's just, you're, you've done so well until I break. And then it'll be, wow, we had no idea. And I'm thinking, <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, I'm barely staying above water. So the, the feedback has been, I need to be a little more honest. I can do a lot. And I'm so proud of that. Yeah. And I need to let others in to see the whole picture. Yes. Yeah. So in part of leadership then is being able to have those conversations with our mm-hmm. followers or our people. So let's take it into the business world because that's really what our target audience is. And somebody asks you, hey, Brooke, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And we all answer the same way, right? I'm fine. Mm-hmm. No, really, how are you? No, I'm fine. Right. And we do that because we think that's what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we say something, we have a vulnerable moment, people are like, you're weak. You're cowardly. You can't be like that. You're fine. No, you're not me. You don't get to judge me. You're not walking right. in my shoes. So that comes. That brings in empathy. Yeah. So I've had to learn to go back and, and ask people and start reading body language and look at them. And I've stopped asking people how they are. And I'll walk up to them and, and try to be as empathetic as I possibly can and say, you don't look quite right today. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Is there something I can help you with? And now they've got the opportunity to say, no, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handle this on my own. Or, you know what, there is something bothering me and, and I'm going to explain. But instead of asking them the standard question with the standard canned answer, now I'm forcing them to think. They've got to make a decision. Do they want some help? Do they mm-hmm. want a release? Or do they just want to hold it inside? And I can't force anybody to do what they don't want to do. So, but it's, it's a different way to approach it. Yeah, yeah. Just to get people thinking. What about you? What about me? What well, you- what, what would friends and family say um, is something that you hide well? but that you know that you would want them to know about you. Know about I don't think me. the word is hide. Let me take yeah. that back and no, say you're, you're not hiding it. But yeah. yeah, what what are you showing people and what do you wish they could really see? So we've talked about this on the show a lot. Mm-hmm. I've got a now that I've gotten away from the corporate world. Yeah. And I'm not I'm just going to say it. I'm not trapped in that environment mm-hmm. where I have to be something I don't want to be. Yeah. I'm very red. Mm-hmm. Very direct. Very what does di- red mean? Very red, very dominant. Um, be brief, be bright, be gone. Yep. But I have so much passion to help people 
that my passion sometimes comes across as aggressive <laughs> yeah. anger. You're not doing it right. Yeah. You're not doing it right. <laughs> and you know what? They are doing it right. And one thing I just said is, is I wish you would look at me as a yellow or a green because I love you and I want to help you and I want to see you do better. That's all I'm asking. But most times I get accused of being the... Um, well, we were out together with my son and somebody said, oh, it's a, um, it's a yes, sir day. Cause they asked, they said, what's wrong with your dad? And, and Ryan, and we talked about him earlier, said, it's a yes, sir day. <laughs> and I'm like, that's embarrassing. Um, but what I learned from that is it's feedback, right? Yeah. So I'm not on my best behavior. I need to adjust what I'm doing. My red is a little too dominant. How do I use the green? How do I use the mm-hmm. yellow? Um, so I can give the best experience to whoever's around me. And in my family about me because i talk about this leadership stuff all the time i'll probably wear them out but they're some of my best coaches because they'll call it me out i'll teach them something they're like you're not doing what you said and that's one of the worst things a leader can do right is not do not follow through with actions what you say you're going to do or you know practice what you preach so that was one of our pitfalls we're in there and you mentioned one of our pitfalls earlier that we have um and that's you know hiding behind a mask Yes. And you talked about that. And I think we all hide behind a mask. We do to a certain degree. And I mean, to a certain degree, it is. It's the worst thing you can do is not practice what you preach. And yet half the time you're fumbling over your own stumbling blocks. Because a lot of the time, I think just as humans, we we project to a certain degree as well, right? And so whatever is out there, the frustration and everything, it might not be with the other person. It could be an internal battle that's just coming out externally, right? (laughs) And so it's it's those opportunities to go, oh, okay, oh, that affected X, you know, this other person this way. Let me look at this, consider it from a different angle. Just build that self-awareness. And it doesn't happen until we're made aware of it. Yeah. And and if you look in... A lot of large organizations you're studying you know organizational psychology and different Mm -hmm. things it's a leader if they aren't self-aware they do these actions that they think are right and they believe they're right but in reality what they're doing is they're just rubbing people the wrong way and it's like holy crap and they're like well i'm doing what i'm supposed to do i'm yeah but you're not authentic you know it's there's something fake about it and people can see that oh yeah you know empathy has been this buzzword for a few years and it, it, it was it's been coined and really studied in a, in a very different way than it ever was before because empathy was not something you'd consider in leadership or management styles and if you go back to the industrial revolution and everything you know everything was about checking boxes yes. and productivity and making everything work right yep. and now we're in this new era uh and not even our time. I think we've talked a little bit about millennials and those new generations that are coming up. They they want the whole experience. They're not trying to compartmentalize things. I think the way we did so well to a fault, not well in the past. So let's let's um, blow some people's minds. Just blow them. <laughs> okay. Boom. Boom. So everybody thinks that management's been around forever. Mm-hmm. It's because it's what we know and it's what... Our reality is we're living it every single day mm-hmm. contrary leadership is a much older discipline by thousands and thousands and thousands of years it goes all the way back to um, Socrates Plato in some of their writings some of their philosophy on what leadership was and even if you go back and you take this profile um, I can't remember if it, I think it was Socrates actually talked about some of these things mm. and he attributed them to different things of of the body um, and, and use the same colors as a matter of fact so you can go back and read i'm not going to bore you with all of it but 
management didn't happen until you just said it until the industrial revolution it's only been around since that started mm -hmm. and it was a way to um another one of our leadership pitfalls it's putting profits and production over people mm -hmm. right it's how can we get more out of you how can we make yep. more money and i remember watching some of those um history channel stuff and they'll have um back when standard oil and it was on the rockefellers and um jp morgan and how they were fighting you know going back and forth each other and who's going to have the most money and yeah. if you listen even the reenactments of those you listen to them huh. it's 100 percent greed these people were jerks <laughs> and i don't know who would ever want to work for them and the way they treated their people was terrible but they were like oh they got all this money so they're the best things in the world money isn't the answer but no. you can give more money if you just help enough people get what they want in return you'll get what you want which is what you and i teach which is what you and I teach, which I think is a perfect way to kind of wrap this up in this thought process. I have a question for you. Okay. Why dignity leadership? Because I think the world needs, I need, they need more leaders. They need more, they need more mentors. I think too much of the stuff has gone down the road of, of greed and everything's profit and process and production over the human aspect and if we look at it one of my favorite analogies is um let's just say we're in the manufacturing and we're manufacturing widgets because it's what are widgets and you have a widget machine mm -hmm. and you have to go through and you have to service it on a routine basis right to make sure it continues putting out widgets and if that machine breaks down mm -hmm. the owner the ceo whoever it is gets mad why is a widget machine broke right down? right why wouldn't you put that kind of emphasis on your largest asset your people keep them from breaking down what kind of routine maintenance plan do they need? And I don't want to sound like harsh on routine maintenance, but start pouring a little empathy into them. Start putting a little more into them and find out what they need. And if you take care of them, they'll take care of your machine. Your machine will take care of the production. And guess what? You get what you want. We just can't go straight at it and be a jerk. But that's what we do. We want it now. We want it fast. Yeah. So that's why dignity leadership. I like that because when I think about leaders and pouring into leaders, training leaders, building them up, bringing them up. I believe every single person is a leader. You have leadership capacity and qualities in you, every single person. Now, some people don't want to lead. That is not their cup of tea. Some people truly enjoy being a follower, helping, assisting, doing their thing. That's great, because yep. we, need, we need it all. But when I think about anyone. And I remember this when I was leading a huge group of people in, in a, a large healthcare system. Every single one of them, I thought, could I wanted to train them so that if anything ever happened to me, any one of them could have stepped up and maybe not done my job to the, to the same level, but they can step in. They have all the tools they need. They have everything they ha want, need to succeed, and they understand the system and the process. Because by empowering your people, you are changing the dynamic of your productivity, of your your return on investment, because aren't your people your largest return on investment? Come on. Yes. So invest in them, pour them out. And so I think that's why I'm so passionate about dignity leadership in this pens, because at the end of the day, people matter. Yes, people yeah. matter. And by doing that, you dignify them. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. So then it comes full circle. Yep. All right. So we're going to walk everybody through kind of our process, right? So this is show, this is episode one of season two. Mm -hmm. So we did our intro, we did our interview, we interviewed each other. So thank you for being a guest today. Thank you, Rich. Hey, I appreciate it. It was fun. <laughs> and so then we're going to kind of roll into our conclusion. 
And this is where we're also going to tell, you know, so this whole year, you know, we're going to challenge Kevin, our producer, and get him in there. And of course, so we're going to ask him, we're going to start off, we're just, we're going to break in the new guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got a fresh um, perspective because he ha- he's not in this day-to-day knee deep like you and I are. Right. But we come in here, we talk for an hour and we babble and just to make sure he's actually paying attention to what we're talking about and see if our stuff is any good, you know. That's if, true. See if we got to weigh it out. Yeah. yeah. So Kevin. You know, this one's kind of bogus only because it's usually a round table and this time I'm in the I'm the only one under the lamp, you know what I mean? You are underneath the lamp. So what'd you learn not today? Not to mention uh, I'm really not a new guy to this party. Think about how many time, how many episodes I've done with you already. And a lot of the things about you guys and how you feel about your your uh, you know your career and the passion there and whatnot, I already know a lot about you guys. That's true. And I didn't know a lot of personal things. Like I didn't know about Rich's uncles, um, the one who builds houses, the one who's a firefighter. Yeah. I mean, that mm-hmm. actually makes a lot of sense into contributing to who you turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Brooke, I didn't know that you wanted to be a performer, which I think is funny because now you're performing again. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing when she was going through right? that. I was thinking. And then I wanted to throw this, this out there, but we had so much momentum, I let it go. Yeah. But I'm going to add it in now. You're talking about performing. If you're looking for speakers, and you want somebody to come and talk more about leadership, Brooke and I love to talk in front of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, bring it up. Oh, and now I know, thanks to you guys, what my new um, side hustle is going to be. Dignity Dictatorship Consultant. <laughs> I will teach you how to be the one who knows everything. I love it. Good luck with that. I'm kidding. No, Do no. you know there's more information? I read this stat, and yes, I'm, I'm a nerd. Um, there is more in. Uh, a youth or a toddler is exposed to more data in the first four years of their life than somebody in the 16th or 17th century was ever exposed to in their entire life. It's ridiculous. I did not know that. It's ridiculous. These There's so much information now because it's all at your fingertips. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So just imagine. Nobody so, even needs the library so anymore. So if toddlers are at that stage, just think where mm-hmm. adolescents are at when they're going into you know school and then high school and then they continue to grow. Think where these working adults are at. I mean, mm-hmm. the world we live in right now has so much information. You're, you're never going to conquer it all. So if you ever have a leader that tells you they know it all, <laughs> bullshit. No. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> yep. Being Not a red, true. that was a tough pill for me to swallow for a long time. I really did think I knew everything. I didn't like really? anyone trying to teach me how to do it, you know. I, I knew exactly the right way to do everything, so I didn't need any help, when, you know. Now I've slowly started to realize that that's a very stubborn, counterproductive. Uh, but reds reds are known to be stubborn. It's a yeah. behavior. It's a preference. It's just what we go. So Something when, I had to outgrow. Yeah, when was your aha moment? When did you finally yeah. say, all right, I got to stop being so stubborn? Probably when I uh, did. And I probably should have. This is, took too long. Probably when I went out on my own. Mm. Yeah. When I, you know, became self-employed is when I really realized that, that I'm like, wow, um, I kind of want someone to tell me what to do. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> I can kind of yeah. use it because I like discipline. Yeah. I, lo- I crave discipline. I crave accountability. I'm not good at giving myself those things. So I needed ideas and I needed accountability from other sources, which of course you can still find when you're self-employed. But yeah. that's when I actually had to go out and seek it on my own. Yeah. I think that's when I really realized that um, you know there are a lot of good ways to do things. I don't know all of the best and I need to constantly be learning new stuff, especially in this business. And that brings on another trait that you need to have mm-hmm. and that's discipline because nobody else is going to push you to do it but yourself. And cool part about bringing Brooke on and having her, having us work together now is I have an accountability partner mm-hmm. and I can't push things off and say, oh, I'll just do that tomorrow. It's going to have to be now because I've made a commitment to her and she's taken time out and made a commitment to me. And then I think 
you and I've had this conversation. Yeah. I think it goes both ways. It does. It does. I think one of my learning keys, and, and I will perpetually be learning this for years and years to come. Maybe before I die, I'll do, I'll, I'll dominate this area. But um, would it be on time? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm five minutes late um, on the dot to everything in my life. And I I don't want to be. Like, I, I, I don't want to be, and yet it's still a discipline thing. I will say five minutes is a lot better than 15. You yeah, know, like, you is. slowly get better. But but it, it is this interesting allow, thing. allowable. I mean, you know. Well, no, I mean, it's allowable for some things. And there has to be some give and take, right? Because there, there are, there's characteristics and personality things with that too. But there are times and you have to think about your person and your audience. It's also disrespectful to others at different times. And you really need to consider all the components of that. So I don't ever, yeah. I don't ever feel disrespected. I I won't ever feel (laughs) disrespected. Yeah, Kevin, I I appreciate that more than you know. But, um, but on the other side, Building that awareness for me is actually key. I don't want anyone to ever feel disrespected by my um, by my tardiness. Likewise, but I understand that for other people is such a high value that I need to be aware of that. You know, so that that is huge, so, and you know that, yeah. So we've got to be fair. So I just unfairly stated in front of all of our listeners. And I'm perpetually five minutes late. That is true. So what? You outed her on that. I outed her. So out me. What do I need to work on? Give me some, because that's part of our deal, right? So what do we learn? How can we grow? So help me. What's sure. one thing okay. I can do that I can? I need to work on? Continue to listen to others. What? <laughs> I love, actually, and this is, I'm going to tell you one of I the things that you should. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, well, I mean, what I mean by that is like, listen, listen to everything they're saying, not just the, the, the words that are coming out of their mouth. What is their body language? What? How? How are they conveying that message? Um, you said something brilliant that came out on our social media, and you said, "Did you know that the same letters that spell listen also spell silent?" And that has hit me so deeply because I'm like, you know what? It's true. We need to listen twice or three times as much as we speak, right? And we can so quickly speak and put our opinion in and things like that. Which is so valuable if it's in the right moment and people can receive it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is, so that's always been one of my goals is to become a better listener. Yeah. And I, you know I stated that in, in our master's program yeah, early you did. on. Yeah. Become a better critical thinker or a better listener. And I'm doing it. I think I've become a better listener. But I can assure you, I got a long ways to go. Well, and I can attest that you become a better listener. And you become an empathetic empathetic not apathetic I'm a pathetic listener (laughs) an empathetic listener which is so crucial because um, to really understand people you have to have a level of empathy yeah all right so the last question on our list and before we get to the end of the 60 minutes because Kevin's already given me this the stink eye the look (laughs) how can we do my job how can we use what we've learned today to better our life see I think that's almost one that you two have to answer since you interviewed each other what? Yeah. Well, you were sitting here as a, as a, as a, um, you had collateral damage. So what was bouncing around the room was definitely deflecting your way. All right. We can, I suppose that's true. But that's true. We'll get, we'll let you off the hook for a minute. Fair enough. All right. So, so Rich, how can we use what we learned today to better our lives? So for me, it's, it's, I got to continue to go back to that listening thing that you just hit me with and continue to become a better listener. Um, even as a leader, and I think I know the leadership stuff pretty well, I still have that red tendency to be dominant and say, no, I've already got this figured out. Listen to me. And I need to, so I need to take that and practice every day and grow my empathy, 
Hmm. Grow my pathetic amount of empathy <laughs> so that I can become better. So that's what I need. To, that's my takeaway for right now from this show is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to continue to focus. And so that'll be my goal. This is our first show of 2022. That'll be my goal for this year is to continue. So at some point in the year, you're going to have to have a, you're gonna have to have a, a fact check. check. In. Yep. Check I in. like that. Okay. Yep. That I would say, yeah, that, uh, that works perfectly because for me, I think it comes down to some of that discipline to, to hone in all these things. That was one discipline because even with time management and the yellow in me, the squirrel, as we like to say sometimes <laughs> jokingly, but it's true. Yes. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm over here and over here. That's one. But um, the other thing I think I really learned today is that the, the power of the stories, because I love every time we talk or we share things, I'll learn a little bit more about who you are. You learn a little bit more about who I am and that that changes perspective. And that grows in my awareness of people. And just because you shared that about who you are, but it also contextualizes, like you said, you're dominant, you're a red in all these things. And yet, what is the why behind it? And what does that look like with other reds and other dominants, you know? And, and how can you really understand a people group more? So when we were talking earlier, I said I had two uncles that were on my list. Mm -hmm. So all the people that were on my list were my two uncles, they're both deceased. And you said one was paternal and one was maternal? Yep. Okay. That's pretty cool. And then um, I had my grandmother, my maternal grandmother on the list, and I had my mom and dad, because they all did something different. My dad taught me patience. My dad had, I don't know, I said my uncle had patience, his brother, my dad had him too, but I don't know where they got him from, because I didn't get him. <laughs> I didn't get their patience. Um, you know, my mother taught me about faith um, and just, being relentless, never giving up. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so there's a five, there's five people, there's six on there. So this is going to be, this is going to be tough to get through, but I'm gonna get through it. And then, um, the sixth one was my childhood hero and he was my cousin. Mm. He was the son of the fire chief. Really? He played on the football team. He was the quarterback. Hmm. He was an incredible quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he was the most athletic guy, mm -hmm. but he knew how to pull a team together. Mm. He's humble. Mm -hmm. um, he went on um, to play college football, and then he, um, not big time, but small college football, and then he um, became a superintendent of a school, a principal of a school, I'm sorry. Okay. So, Buf, if you're out there listening, I love you. That's awesome. Well, hey. So, we're up against the clock, aren't we? We are. So, thank you, everyone, for joining us today on our leadership journey. If you're looking for more leadership guidance, please reach out to us and give us a follow on your favorite social media platform. You can find us on the internet at dignity-leadership.com. And you can find us on Facebook at Dignity Leadership Consulting. Dignity Leadership, all one word on Instagram. Dignity Leadership on LinkedIn. Dignity Leadership, one word on TikTok. Dignity Leadership Live on YouTube. At DLC with Rich on Twitter. And at DLC with Brooke on Twitter. Keep paddling. Keep paddling.